My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels. It's Britt here today. We have a super exciting guest coming on today. The guest I'm bringing on, Christine Lau. Christine, did I say that correctly? Your last name? Lou, like Lieutenant. Like Lou. Okay, I apologize. So Christine, she's the founder of CL Designs. She's a graphic designer who's traded in climbing the corporate ladder for climbing mountains around the world. Christine helps purpose-driven businesses create cohesive branding, web design, and social content creation to increase their impact in sales. She says no to dull and chunky visuals and yes to consistency, creativity, and efficiency forms the core of her approach. As the host of Brand Party Podcast, Christine and her guests deliver fun, honest, and to-the-point advice that you can implement right away on your entrepreneurial journey. Christine, it's an absolute pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much. You know what? We're going to have great conversation. We're going to have some great takeaways with what's working um, throughout your, with using your podcast and how it affects your business. And also we'll have some great takeaways um, just going over the, you know, real challenges throughout your, your journey. And I think it can become really relatable to the people listening. So, you know, before we really get into that, do you mind just kind of taking us back to where you started and how you got to where you are, because I think it's absolutely beautiful what you're doing and uh, you know, it's, it's, you're kicking butt out there. So let's, let's tell the listeners what you're all about. (laughs) Thanks so much, Brittany, for that lovely introduction. Um, I'm so excited to dive in and to have the listeners tune in too, to have some golden nuggets along the way. Uh, But to take you back, I'll rewind and give you the Coles Notes version. And so about nine, 10 years ago now, this is pre-drop shipping days, I decided to start a, my first business called In Lieu Of. So it was a fun spinoff of my last name, very much. (laughs) Yeah. In Lieu Of what I needed at that point in my life also, and just trying to figure out like how to express my creative outlet in a sense. And I didn't quite know what exactly I wanted to do at that point in my life yet, but I decided to start a streetwear apparel brand called In Lieu Of and ran that for a few years, learning about the product-based side of things and just right. really fell in love with startup culture ultimately. So from there, I ended up helping bootstrap different startups, 90 plus K Kickstarter campaigns, very lean models, everything in between from wearable tech to fashion. And from there, upon graduating with my bachelor's of graphic design, I needed a quote unquote real job. So I ended up working for Rogers Media Publishing here in Toronto. And based on that, having brands like Walmart to Sportsnet, McLean's, MLSC, Chatelaine, and then ended up at CBC Music for uh, as a graphic designer and digital associate producer for a little bit. So it was my 16 year old dream job, if you could ask me back then. But at the same time, I was really learning that big brands didn't necessarily mean big impact that I wanted to personally create in the world. And so you wanted to stand out and actually make a, a big difference. Exactly. Yeah. And so you know, they're making an impact in a different way, but I knew for me that there was more out there to discover and explore. And 
I was still, I'm still young. And so I knew that there was a lot more opportunities that I wanted to have. And I was freelancing on and off for about five plus years at that point also. And so keeping that in mind, I decided sustainably as one human, especially that I could only pick one or the other because I was burning both ends of the candle at that point with working corporate and freelancing. And so gratefully before the pandemic, four years ago, I decided to start CL designs full time. And now I have brand party podcasts as well, which has been featured in top 10 Canada design and Apple podcast, new and noteworthy in the art and design category, which is really exciting. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm sure I'll dive into the category, like how that all came to be um, later on in this episode, but um, with CL design specifically really helping support purpose-driven businesses and nonprofits create cohesive branding, website design, marketing collateral to really help them increase their impact on their sales. Oh my gosh. We need more women out there like you. I love it. <laughs> I love what you're doing. It's incredible. Um, you know, what a journey, you know, and I totally can relate with you on, you know, burning both ends of the candle, you know, it's sometimes you just got to make that decision and just really go with it. Just the you know, where do I want to be? Why? And, you know, just go with it. So I'm really happy you went with the the route that you took and look how far you've come. So incredible. Thank you. Of course. So tell me, you know, how do you go about using your podcast now? Is it solos or is it some interviews as well? Or a little, is it one or the other? Yeah, it's definitely evolved over time as well. So mm-hmm. maybe this is a good mm-hmm. time that I'll share a little bit more context of how it was born to begin with. Please, uh, yeah. And so basically about two, two and a half years ago now, I've started the Brand Party Podcast. And so during that time, I had been in business for a few years full-time at that point too. And I decided to challenge myself to 30 days of Instagram lives. And this is like pre-TikTok and Reels um, and yeah, all that yeah. good stuff. And the intention then was very much to just serve value to my community, whether it was for two minutes or 20 minutes. And, you know, it's undeniable being able to show up for your audience so generously like that. And sometimes you're talking to a black void in the internet. Sometimes you're talking to a great group of folks who show up, but you know, that was still my intention, serve value, no matter how long it took on there on the lives. And so at that point I had done the 30 days and I decided to pull my audience if they would like have something in demand for it, um, just to gauge where they were at interest wise. And so the people kind of voted from there based on an Instagram poll. And so it turned into five more additional months of Instagram lives on a weekly basis as well. So at that point I had six months of content, which was amazing, Uh, but it didn't necessarily serve like a long-term purpose because I was still experimenting at that point equally Mm -hmm. as much. And so I decided to, again, do some market research and pulled my audience again. Would you prefer to show up for a Instagram live or would you prefer a podcast? And (laughs) you can tell how the story unfolds. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided to start with just a nine episode beta, like pilot test while I was wrapping up, you know, holiday projects for design and going through my own personal health scare. But during that time, I really wanted to test things out and just have a very low viable product to see if this was worth continuing on and pouring more resources and time into ultimately too. And so you know, again, the story sort of unfolds itself, but I've unfolded into five more, like five seasons since then. And it's been a mixture from there as your question per solo episodes and 
uh, also guest episodes just to have a different variety and approach to content depending on what the topic is and to bring other people in the community a part of it equally too but yeah it's a really great mixture and coming back to just really fun honest conversations and are really tangible and to the point because for me my approach is very much yes we can feel motivated and uplifted along the way but making sure that you actually have the how-to to get you to where you want how to get you there Mm-hmm. incredible exactly. and I think it's great that you do a little bit of interviews and solos you know you get that content out there you get other people on uh, it's a mixture of both is always great mm-hmm. for sure so go ahead plus I feel like too from a back-end operational standpoint too it's a lot easier obviously to do solo episodes because you yeah. don't have to coordinate schedules and whatnot from there but of course as a listener first I really love from other podcasts and shows, the variety too. So this is a nice a mix between two. Between the both. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. So tell me, how do you gain clients from your podcast? So it's definitely evolved for sure, because yeah. I think I've experimented a lot, especially with the SEO side and the show notes mm-hmm. side of things too, uh, which has been like a big player in that. I would say for folks, especially who tune into the podcast, they'll hear the call to actions throughout the episodes, um, as well as in the show notes in particular, but from there, you know, I feel like it's a great top of funnel piece in my marketing activities in particular to really build that awareness piece, really position myself as that thought leader and authority in the industry, but also as I pitch for speaking engagements, conducting workshops, presentations, keynotes, and stuff like that, it's been a really great like credibility piece to pitch along with it and yeah, be able to help facilitate these conversations. So whether I do a panel or I do a keynote, uh, they're really helping support that greater vision too. Absolutely. And I hear you like having a podcast, you know, it's a really great way to build that authority. Right. And uh, is there any ways that you think it's really, really amplified things for your business up? in regards to building that authority, like having, opening these connections with the podcast and anything in regards to that? Yeah. For me, it's really about being like generous first, ultimately, and helping support people in their customer journey, no matter if they are ready to work together right away or not. And so being empathetic and generous in that way, like think about, you know, we'll talk, I'm sure a little bit more about this too, but if this is what you can get on a free basis, imagine what you could get when we are invested within one another, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, uh, you know, in regards to the people that you bring in on it as guests, how do you go about attracting these people to your podcast? Do you reach out to them or do they come to you? Is it referral based? I mean, do you post on Facebook, the, you know, be a guest, find a guest. Tell me a little bit about your process and your yeah. lead gen. It's been an evolution for sure of testing a few yeah. things out to see what works right. best. Um, but I've been pitched from agencies or personal like brands and businesses from there, which is like a great feeling. And absolutely itself, and it's built that traction um, and interest. But also when I was first starting out, especially for people who are thinking about starting a show, I had reached out to just my immediate network or uh, colleagues that I've maybe interacted with in the past from there. And you know, based on complimentary topics that I wanted to explore on the episodes, I had reached out for specific experts in those fields um, as well um, and see if they were interested, just very like cold pitching to a certain extent. 
um, just sharing a little bit more about the show itself, some of the credibility pieces and why it would be a good fit for them. Um, And so, yeah, that would be a great way to kind of start out. And also I do have a section on my website if people are interested that they could, you know, reach out as well. But I found that I had so much, (laughs) thankfully, so many people, so many people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At that point that I didn't, it was hard to funnel through to during a period of time. So I kind of closed that door a little bit so that I could be a little bit more intentional about the guests that I do bring on. Right. And I think it's really important being intentional and getting crystal clear who you're wanting to bring on, you know, are they going to add value? Are they going to bring you business or build your business? Because that's important. I mean, we don't have, of course, we'd love to do a million different interviews, you know, but we don't have all that time. And it's, it's, if it's not going to grow your business, like, like for us, we have to do a minimal viable customer, like criteria we follow, you know, they have to be, they have to have a podcast, be six figure or higher and um, have a high ticket offer. And that's just what we follow. And then it brings in the quality dream customer and leads to us. Right. So I think it's really important and it saves you a lot of time and it grows your business much faster when you can get so crystal clear on like who it is you're looking to bring on. Yeah. I think it's about finding that ultimate fit as you're mentioning. And I was just reading that email from Jamie in my inbox, I think yesterday actually about attracting dream clients. Right. And so keeping that in mind, I think it's really helping support vetting that process. So ultimately, whether it is that you work together or not, that's really helping support people making the decisions ultimately too. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, and not that we don't answer people who apply to get on and whatnot, you know, we have 80% that do get declined because we just don't have, you know, the time and, um, but we keep those connections open still, you know, and, um, because you don't know what's the future holds. Right. So, uh, yeah, basically I, I guess growing off of this question, I was curious, um, what would your ultimate like dream, guests look like? I know you kind of touched on, you know, who you bring on, but is there a certain quality kind of guests that you're, you're interested in attracting? Yeah, I would say, you know, for me, having gone through so many guests as well, and I'm sure for you too, Brittany, that, you know, it's really important to have committed like relationships in these episodes with folks as well. So that you know, it's really engaging conversations for listeners to actually want to tune in and uh, also make sure that they're reaching their audience in a different capacity too. That's outside of your own, right? Like that's a beautiful network. Exactly. Of being able to partner and collaborate together and to share that camaraderie, I think is really important as well. Uh, So finding like a committed guest who's equally excited and enthusiastic is definitely a big trait for me if they are transparent and open because I'm particularly very open book. I want my listeners to get a lot of value out of it and to like break down these barriers and boundaries of, you know, what might typically be stigmatized like pricing and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Right. So making sure that guests are open uh, where possible to as well to explore these deeper conversations ultimately, um, because not everybody normally has access to these sort of things. Right. So no, they don't (laughs) access is really equally important for me too to share that. Um, and just a really great community ultimately too, I think is going to be, uh, equally important because that's going to be a reflection of obviously them and their business too. 
Well, exactly. And that's just it. You know, it's a win-win for both. So it's really important to kind of be on the same page and, uh, you know, aligning with visions from uh, one perspective, right? And and the other. So um, yeah, that's huge. I love that. Now with your interviews, I'm curious, like with people who come on as guests, do they often end up, you know, getting on another call for a book sales call with you or possibly partnering, partnering up? Like, is that one of the main focuses for, for the interviews, or is it more just to share that value? I I know you kind of touched on it, but I just wanted to make sure that I kind of understand it exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So the main focus is typically to serve value and generously and excessively to my listeners as that top of funnel piece primarily, but guests have definitely been either past clients sometimes as well. So they're, you know, really great, obviously for, um, sharing testimonials and experiences that we've had together sometimes comes into conversation naturally, which is really nice. Um, or, you know, there is potential for sure down the road, if they do need support with it or their community does in hand in hand, then it's a really great piece as well for long-term growth. Absolutely. And like the referrals they can send to you and everything like that, it it works out really nicely. I'm sure. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Beautiful. Now, what is, tell me your thoughts on, you know, organic versus paid acquisition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this has been one I've always tossed back and forth from. And like, transparently, I am like an organic marketing person, like human through and through. I just feel like you have to have a really strong foundation to begin with, to be able to support any sort of paid acquisition in the future, because you're going to be, as you've mentioned, Brittany, like really crystal clear of who that person, who that dream client is. If you're going to be paying for any sort of, yeah, exactly. It's like beyond the money too, right? Of course, that's part of it, of your hard earned dollars, but also it takes time and effort and energy to put into it. So if you're going to spend all of that and invest in all of that, I want to make sure that it's worth it. You're, right. Yeah. You're, and you're super clear, you know, yeah. on who it is you're, you're wanting to target. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a return investment, uh, and intention behind what you're doing, but for right. me, yeah, I really love organic marketing for a lot of reasons. Not only does it feel, yeah, it feels really genuine to share obviously with a lot yeah. of value and that's like also something that's kind of come along with me since the very beginning with sharing that, you know, through the Instagram lives initially with my audience. And so from there, it's really been built off a lot of trust together. It's a piece of you. And so that's been just a core piece of uh, moving forward with it. Um, So that just feels really good in terms of the organic marketing side of it. But of course, that's still being able to share very naturally the sales side, because we do need to pay our bills at the end of the day, right? Uh, realistically that, you know, being able to still serve free value that you can still make sure that you're really crystal clear that if they do want to take that next step together, that, you know, there is an option to book for a clarity call or, you know, right. anything from there too. Yeah. Anything to make them that offer if they are interested and if they're a fit, you know, and if you're a fit for them as well. Tell me about your favorite organic uh, strategy. Would it be like, I'm sure you have different ones. You can mention a couple if you like. Yeah. I, there there are so many, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about being a creative person, especially that. Yeah. That's why I'm so curious. I'm like, she's probably got (laughs) so many different organic. I like, I love it. Uh, Yeah. There's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great ways to be able to creatively communicate 
your message across the board, your story uh, right. equally as much. I mean, I love podcast interviews and speaking engagements because it's such an experience to bring people in and to share more of that personality as part of gotcha. it. Right. Mm -hmm. And equally too, that's why video is so powerful now and it's not going away. Right. So obviously the explosion of reels and TikToks and stuff like that uh, have been a fun piece to be able to work with um, a fellow like videographer, photographer here in Toronto as well for the last few years um, through the Double J Collective. They've been so <gasps> lovely. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I know, but this sounds amazing. Mm, yeah. So we've like really beautifully co-created my vision together over the last few years through Oops. really bold, like brand photography to really, yeah, juicy, joyful uh, videography as well. And <gasps> This yeah, is so exciting, is, <laughs> like really helps bring the brand and the story to life a lot more. So those right. are my favorites. I would say, I mean, equally too, I like to come out with weekly love letters in my, in, um, to my subscribers inboxes through email marketing, um, is what I like to call them. So it's called the after party. So it's me, you design and dancing. Um, <gasps> people I love this. This is also compelling. I like it. I love these. Yeah. You're so creative, right? I mean, this is amazing. <laughs> And but I love yeah, that you're doing it. Words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that you're doing something you're so passionate about and you're really, truly amazing at, right? Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's definitely one of those muscles that you have to flex, I feel like as well. Right. And for it to feel natural in a way, because I remember for so long wanting to avoid showing my face at all on, you know, even Instagram posts or that Instagram live was very much a push out of my comfort zone and right. look at where we are now. Yeah, exactly. Now you're, you run a podcast, you're a host of your podcast. And I, I definitely hear like, even before I started podcasting, like I barely would do a live. Like it was just something that scared the heck out of me. And I was like, there's no way. And then if I did, and I went back and listened to it, I delete it right away. I'm like, oh, I need to delete it. Even though, the, even though people have seen it, but like what I've learned is like, just don't go back and listen to it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's up, Gross. just leave it. Gross. Don't go back and criticize yourself unless you're trying to get like trying to learn from it. Right. Obviously, but mm. don't go back just to criticize yourself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, we uh, can be our worst critics. Absolutely. And I think like just jumping, taking that leap of faith and getting out of that comfort zone, like is such a way of growth, like, and people, you know, that's what holds so many people back. It's just being, you know, the fear, the fear alone. Yeah. And vulnerability has been a big piece of that. I would say too, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier on a panel earlier this afternoon, and we were talking about how, you know, it can be really vulnerable and scary to ask for that direct feedback, especially, but that's always been so important for me to have in my process, not only with clients on the design project side of things, but also equally for the podcast, as we've talked about right. a little bit throughout this episode, but yeah, it's scary to ask people like, what do you think of this? Like, is this something that you actually enjoy and see value in? Right. Right. And get that feed honest feedback. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just, I think also telling your story, like you mentioned, like being uh, vulnerable speaks mm -hmm. so much louder to people because they trust you. I, I believe that that builds trust and they're like, okay, she just, she didn't get there overnight. You know, she had struggles. She, you know, and that's relatable. So like just being able to be you and be true and like tell your story, like you said, and, and, and go live and be yourself. It's going to organically build trust and um, 
long-term relationships is what I believe and what's worked a lot um, throughout my life as well. Uh, Because I used to be like, uh, you know, I used to be a part of um, way back in the day, an MLM. And I was too afraid to tell my story because I wasn't where I wanted to be. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to pretend like I'm doing like, I'm doing really good right now. I'm just going to pretend that it's been like this the whole time. And it's like, oh my gosh, like no one's going to ever believe that. Like I have to actually tell my, my real story, my challenges and everything like that, you know, and I, it it goes for anything like business related in life. Nothing happens overnight and people relate more to like a true story that comes with challenges and how did you overcome them and this and that. Right. So. Yeah. The self-sabotage can definitely kick in or like diminishing, you know, who would, care to hear your story or what you have to say pops up a lot. I'm sure in the podcasting world, especially. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think when you start to believe and see value in what you have to share, that's going to resonate so much more as you're mentioning too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my next question is going to be, you know, I was kind of curious in regards to basically your monetization. How do you monetize or do you monetize? So I have had a few like sponsorship opportunities that have popped up. Some of them haven't been great fits. And again, coming back to organic marketing and trust, especially, I don't take that lightly, especially with my audience and having been like a podcast listener before a podcast, like creator, I, I always come back to that because it's like, what would I feel icky about listening to another show? Right. Right. So keeping that in mind and what that experience I want to embody and be like for my own listeners and community here at brand party, I always think about, yeah, what feels really natural and as a good fit ultimately too, beyond the, you know, the sexy money that might come along with it. Um, Right. Well, I've taken on, you know, things like, um, Zencaster for things that, you know, I wouldn't, I already naturally use for recordings and stuff like that. Those have been really great natural fits. So there's that for like affiliate type marketing or other, uh, you know, software that I use from a design perspective and with my clients like Canva, et cetera, from there. Um, I hear you. I know Canva. (laughs) It's great. Affiliates (laughs) are really great, um, in that natural way for sure. Um, But otherwise for me, it's very much, again, like keeping that long-term monetization goal through the podcast that if they're served with value up front on this, you know, accessible free level, imagine Mm -hmm. what we can do together um, on an investment approach. Right. And it's so right. Like you have to be a right fit and they have, you have to have that trust and it has to align with what you're doing and your vision and everything to make it work, you know? Yeah. Cause so. I've definitely been pitched some odd, like in person, very impersonal things to my oh. inbox. Also, like they don't know yeah. my name at all. They clearly have not listened to an episode. They have like, not they built have a relationship. Episode. No, exactly. And it just feels really icky to me. Like yeah. I relationships are really important to me also. Right. And so, yeah, I, there is a, a wall that we need to kind of bridge the gap between right before we get there. Oh, a hundred percent. Really. You got to build that relationship and trust like who's going to, I really think the most important thing with business alone is trust, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I don't like when it becomes too salesy and it, and like, I had someone on an interview yesterday and they were talking about, you know, how someone 
that they had worked with before, you know, you know how the fortunes in the follow-up often. Yes. Um, so he was trying to train someone to, you know, do the follow-ups, do the follow-ups. And I guess the guy had said, well, he gave me a, an objection saying, oh, this person said, well, they're going to go check out other places. And he had said, well, if they're going to look elsewhere, then I'd want nothing to do with them. And, oh. you know, yeah. So the person who was on as a guest was like, I was trying to teach him, like, they have every right, right to go compare and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and take a look and the fortunes and the follow-up and you aren't even like you're really not building that relationship and it, it, yeah. you're acting as if you don't care about the person. And, um, if, and that is all about is the sale, like, and that's not what it should be about. It should be about the relationship and the connection and not, not making that sale. Right. And, um, so I think that's huge for people to really, really understand, like for one, no, doesn't always mean no. And, and like, if you only care about that sale, obviously people are going to look elsewhere. And if you don't follow up, you never know. Right. And you act like you don't care. You're coming off like you don't even care. Right. It's very disingenuine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just so important to have, you know, the people that are actual, actually genuine about it. Right. So Mm -hmm. that really resonates. I was just wrapping up a VIP design day client yesterday, actually for a website refresh. And she actually, I was really enlightened by her feedback because she had mentioned you know, that why she decided to work together originally was that I was very persistent in the manner that, you know, was still kind and compassionate because she was in a very busy season in her business as well, but it didn't feel like gross or icky in that harassing or anything. Exactly. Like it was still very respectful in the way that I was approaching it. And it was because I came off in the way that I knew that this was important and it's a priority for her. Right. So right. as you're mentioning too, Brittany, like they have every right to go and review other folks. Like, absolutely. You know? And as you're mentioning too, sometimes it's not super personal to be able to detach no. yourself from the no. Right. And right. being able to help support people in that process of making a decision that feels good and right for them they're going to remember how that feels. They're not going to remember the conversations in between, but rather, you know, if they felt really good by the end of that process together, maybe they could be your best referrer in the future. Exactly. Right. So don't discount people just because they said no to you right in this moment. No, exactly. And like you said, they're going to remember how you made them feel like, you know, that's, that's, that's huge. So Totally relate with how uh, you brought, uh, or I don't remember who brought that up now, but very relatable. And I know that the people listening will feel the same way. So this is great. I'm happy we, we touched on that as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I, I had a question in regards to, um, you know, based on where you are today, obviously getting to a new level, there's always new challenges in any business as an entrepreneur, you know, the next level, there's things that have to change or, um, new challenges. So tell me some of the biggest challenges that you have faced, and then we'll talk a little bit about maybe some of the pain points that you're, you're on right now. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine always says new level, new devil. (laughs) So there we go to come back to. And I mean, I love a good challenge, right? But of course it can feel frustrating in the moment sometimes, right? So if you're feeling this way, you're not alone. No. (laughs) So I like to preface with that, first of all, to like acknowledge what you're feeling with it equally too. Um, 
And that's part of the growth as we're talking about today is very much a big theme, but I would say in this new season of things, it's really coming back to what do I want in life? Because shiny object syndrome can be a very big thing um, as well. And being a creative person too, that, you know, yes, you may be capable of doing a plethora of things, but do you want to be doing it? Right. And so I, in some senses have slowed down the podcast a little bit to be able to have, you know, I have over 50 episodes on there now. It's a really beautiful suite of a variety of topics to help support uh, business owners out there. Um, But it's also making me look at the larger strategy of things and the greater vision of it, of where I want to go and how it can support all the other areas and revenue streams within my business and ultimately just support the well-being of myself as a human. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. I think for me, it's like making sure that there's a good integration versus a balance of working in and on the business side of things. And that includes where does the podcast, you know, uh, in the equation of it. Um, right. and then, yeah. How can I make sure that things are optimized as much as possible? Right. When I am coming out with content, whether it's through the podcast or it's through, you know, other marketing channels for social media and whatnot, because again, coming back to that initial intention of why I started things in the first place was to serve value. So making sure that I'm not putting things out there into the void for the sake of, but I wanted to really serve people um, and And add value. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely understand. Yeah. Adding value. It's huge. And um, not to lose sight of that. Right. And just remembering your why, like it's so like a lot of people don't even know their why, you know, Mm. or it's easy to lose sight of it. Right. And then, especially when things are challenging. So going back and just remembering why, like, what is my, why, what is my, you know, what is my, what is my, why? (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to hit rock bottom to, have that like nudge, right. That's too right. late at that point in a sense. Um, cause I remember like, I'll share this vulnerable moment, but when yes, I was please. <laughs> first starting my first business, um, I had, you know, a number of loved ones pass away during that time at very like young, impressionable age. And so, right. uh, it really made me reflect on how I wanted to live my life. And, you know, ultimately it was now to like really help clients create their bold legacies through this catalyst of design um, as part of the process. And so, you know, it's, it's moments like that, or I had a family member in the hospital while I was running my business for a number of months at the, you know, very beginning of the pandemic also. And it's just moments like that, where, you know, it's really difficult to be present and let alone run a business plus in a pandemic to navigate the unknown of things, but also trade it for the world. Right. I have the freedom and flexibility to be able to work beside like my really close relative when they need me most. Right. So it's this duality of light and dark that I think you'll come back to those intentions to be able to, you know, for me, like really do what I love most with who I love most is really that ultimate purpose too. Absolutely. And, you know, I'd lo- I think just having that flexibility alone with being an entrepreneur and, you know, uh, you, a lot of people don't leave that security for freedom, right? Um, because they're too afraid. So the fact that you were able to, and everyone else who's entrepreneurs listening, like just remember, like taking that leap of faith, just remind yourself, like if you know your why and your why is strong enough, then like you can be there with your family members when they need you, just like Christine was able to do. And, you know, just 
to take that leap of faith and um, have that freedom and flexibility to be able to, you know, really be present with the family as, as you're needed and uh, in so many other ways as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Christine, what is your biggest focus um, in the next year, I guess for 2023 with the podcast and with the business? Yeah, I would say for the business, I've switched over to a new model of very much um, having kind of the the hero piece of my business as these VIP design days. So essentially you can hire me as your in-house designer for a day and we'll check everything off of your design wish list together. Um, So these are great. So exciting. Yeah, they're really juicy. They're highly focused. They're very efficient. So if those resonate with you and you've had a laundry list of things that have been on the back burner, this will be perfect for you. Um, (laughs) but they're really great for like website refreshes in particular, if you need a elevation of your suite of marketing collateral from social templates, presentation decks, et cetera, in between newsletters, um, all that good stuff. It's a really great opportunity to take that time and just have one day to get everything done. And just get it done. I love that. That is so exciting. Oh my gosh. And that's the VIP days that start that you're focusing on your next big focus. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So that's the design side of things. And then for the podcast, I definitely want to take a little bit of time at the end of the year today, um, you know, this year to reevaluate how it fits into the things. um, Because yeah, there's a really great library already there and that will continue to be developed over time for sure. Um, but it's looking at, you know, the insights and the statistics again of what's really performing. And um, when I say performing too, yes, like, you know, downloads are great, but also making sure that the topics really resonate and support people with what they right. need to. So taking an audit of where those things are at topics wise, um, potentially like opt, I think for me too, optimizing and going back to all the show notes to make sure that they are like as supportive and juicy as possible in terms of driving right. traffic and having the right resources in there, um, would be really great because in the past, especially at the beginning ones, like they were very much just to get things up and running and out into the world. Right. Um, and right? I, th- I, I think that's so relatable with anyone yes. starting a podcast. So a hundred percent, I'm glad you shared that actually. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. And so like, this is a good sign that things are growing too, right. That it, a lot of things have evolved thankfully over time, but that also means like you can still go back to those babies and like nurture them a little bit. And you can, and that's the beauty of having a podcast, right? Like you're able Mm -hmm. to go there and nurture it and, and, or make changes as you're going. Like it's great. I love it. Yeah. And I think bringing them back to surface, right? Because not everybody will have listened to all 50 plus of them either. So I'm really excited just to give them more love ultimately. And the thing is like, I find like, with podcasts, you're, you know, there's so much that you want to give and give and give. And it's great that like, when you're doing it, like there, things get forgotten. And like, you know, we get so busy and caught up in other things that, you know, we f- sometimes forget that, oh, I actually wanted to do this, or I wanted to add this value. And blah. but the beauty in it is like, that can be another episode, or, you know, that can be a solo episode and just make like, yeah, it's, it's hard when you have all this on your plate at once, right to make sure but the great thing is you can go and do it whenever. So, and add mm. that in as you go, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
Awesome. Well, Christine, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today. I honestly really appreciate everything that you shared with the people listening today. It's fantastic what you've got going on and uh, what's what's ahead for you. I'm super excited to stay connected and hear more about, you know, your journey because you're just, you're doing amazing and I love it. So I wanted to double check with you though. Uh, if anyone's looking to connect, what would be the best way to, you know, reach out to you or get in contact. Yeah. If you're interested to continue the conversation, definitely, um, as well, check out the brand party podcast, wherever podcasts can be found. And then of course, come visit me on my website at christineldesigns.com. And then I'm usually hanging out on Instagram also at underscore C L I E U. Beautiful. Thank you again for coming on today, Christine. Um, Much appreciate you. And I hope in the future I can get you back on and, you know, just see where you're at then and uh, share it with everybody listening because you have such great, um, you know, insight to share with everyone. I mean, you've been an entrepreneur and, you know, you're, you're all the things that you have on the go. uh, You have a lot of valuable knowledge and I appreciate sharing that with the people listening. So thank you so much, Brittany. And thanks for everyone tuning in. Absolutely. Grip, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on just like Christine did today for an interview, please go to top100interviews.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, everybody. Catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.